Good morning and welcome to this special Thursday edition, September the 8th of the Christian Underground News Network. I'm your host, Kurt Chamberlain, along with your co-host, Pastor Dick Chamberlain, and our regular Tuesday morning guest, special Thursday morning guest, Dr. J.B. Hickson, whom I haven't uh, been in contact with as far as podcast-wise for almost a month and a half. And it feels like a century, JB. Uh, well, I sure am glad to see you and be and be uh, fellowshipping with you again. I uh, and I know our listeners are are really kind of chomping at the bit to get some more good information from you. And I know you've got some prepared today, so uh, we're really looking forward to it. It's good to be back in the saddle. Uh, you're going to be filling us in on some things that have happened since we've been off the air, and. Uh, and some things that are upcoming, I'm sure. So uh, let's get started with it. Let's let's since we're back in the saddle, let's kick it in the ribs and ride. All right. Well, awesome. It's so great to be back with you, Curtis. You know, I think most of our listeners that have listened to our uh, what used to be weekly a podcast on the Christian Underground News Network know that we actually record this by video just because right. it's a, a better sound quality with the voice over IP. And so we actually are able to see each other as we're talking. And so, yeah. you know, I can I can tell when you grimace at my jokes and when you uh, are trying to kind of signal me, hey, you're talking too long and stuff <laughs> like that. But uh, you're right. It's great. Uh, we haven't actually seen each other uh, for almost two months, it seems like. And yeah. Uh, we uh, texted quite a bit. I was checking on you. I know you were really, really sick. And of course, we prayed for you pretty regularly, both as a family and also as uh, not by works. And I mentioned you several times uh, over the air in our other podcasts. But it's just so great to, uh, you know, to see you. I'm so thankful that uh, the Lord brought you through it. I know it was a rough rough road. Um, I got to, I got to tell you a funny, funny story. You know, I've, I, uh, even though I was mentioning pretty regularly on our podcast that, Hey, you know, Curtis with the Christian underground news network is, is under the weather. He's really sick. We're postponing a further podcast for the time being. And, and I would give regular updates for you. We still had somebody reach out here recently and said, I guess they hadn't been listening to all of our podcasts or something. And they said, Hey, whatever happened to that old guy on Christian Underground <laughs> News Network? Did he die? <laughs> so I, I assured them that you were still alive and well, and uh, that uh, I explained to them what was going on. But uh, I hope they're listening today because they will love to uh, to hear you. I, I think you were missed. And, um, yes, I I and I appreciate I'm that. I also appreciate the fact that, that they recognize my maturity level yeah. uh, just by audio. That's, that's great. That's interesting. You must be like a, a glass half full guy, because I took that to mean just old, like you're just a really old guy. But that, <laughs> I guess you took it to be spiritually mature. And uh, that's a good positive way to put it. So, uh, uh, of course, they're not mutually exclusive. You could be old and mature, but uh, I, I could. I mean, could, it hasn't yeah. happened yet, but yeah, it's possible. <laughs> Well, I tell you, <laughs> we are just uh, so excited about all that the Lord is doing. A lot's been going on in the world. A lot's been going on with Not By Works Ministries and Plum Creek Chapel. And I know the, the audience that listens pretty much exclusively to Christian Underground News Network and may not necessarily flip over to the Not By Works channel, uh, they may not have been keeping up with what's been going on the last month and a half or so. So what I'd like to do uh, today, Curtis, is just share a short devotional of uh, a word of encouragement, hopefully for 
our listeners and then just take some time to uh, fill you in on uh, how things have been going with the ministry and okay. upcoming uh, things. And uh, so for our devotion, I'd like to turn our attention to John chapter 14. And I want to take us back uh, in time uh, to the year 33 AD. Uh, it is uh, April 2nd, if we want to be specific, mm -hmm. of the year 33 AD. It's a Thursday uh, uh, that week. And so uh, this is a Thursday today, so it's kind of fitting that we'd be talking about something that happened on a yeah. Thursday many years ago. And uh, if you know your his church history, the, the year 33 AD may uh, ring a note of familiarity because that was the year the church was birthed on the day of Pentecost. And that was, of course, the, the same year that our Lord uh, laid down his life for the sins of the world and Yes. Uh, was buried in a borrowed tomb, and then uh, three days later uh, rose from the dead, defeating death, hell, and the grave, and really winning the ultimate victory uh, over Christ, I mean, over Satan uh, at that moment. And we talk a lot about that in my book uh, series, Spirit of the Antichrist, and I'll come back to that in a moment. But what really struck me was in John 14, well, let me set the stage, you've got Jesus and 11 of his closest friends reclining around a table celebrating Passover in Jerusalem. Um, we don't know this for certain from the biblical account anyway, but from uh, historical accounts, we're pretty sure they were meeting in John Mark's mother's house in the upper room and um, housing uh, house, houses in that day, homes in that day uh, typically had flat roofs and they would make use of that flat roof by uh, putting just another room up there where we would people could meet. And so you see frequent references uh, in the Gospels and in Acts to meetings taking place in the upper room. Uh, and that's where they were. And uh, I say 11 of his closest friends, because by the time you get to John 14, uh, uh, Judas, the 12th disciple, had already uh, excused himself from the group to go betray the Lord and, and set up what would happen uh, just in uh, not moments later, not, not long after that. Remember, they would leave the upper room uh, after Jesus instituted the Lord's Supper. They would head to the garden, and that's where Jesus would be uh, confronted, betrayed, and arrested. So it was just the 11, the, the original 12 disciples minus Judas. And, you know, if you kind of put yourself in that uh, setting, there was really a, a sense of uh, anxiety that permeated the room. Um, I mean, think about all that had been happening over the last three and a half years with Jesus' ministry, and then particularly the last few weeks leading up to a Passover, there had been uh, an intensification of persecution. Uh, there had been yeah. all kinds of whispers, some of them louder than others, of, yeah. uh, from the, the Pharisees and scribes and Jewish leaders about, uh, you know, attacking Jesus and, and mm -hmm. uh, getting rid of him. Uh, there was just a lot of tension that was building more and more and more. And the disciples were sitting around the table and they were um, undoubtedly confused because on the one hand, here they were in Jerusalem. It was Passover. Uh, we know as a matter of biblical record that just four days earlier on Monday, they were still under the impression that Jesus was going to come into Jerusalem and inaugurate the kingdom. He was going to finally establish the, 
the great messianic kingdom that the prophets of old talked so much about. And so they, they were still thinking that was going to happen, even though Jesus had plainly told them uh, more and more as he got closer to the end of his earthly ministry, that he would have to suffer first and that, yeah. uh, you know, the cross would have to come before the crown and the mm -hmm. tragedy would, would precede triumph and, uh, and so forth. So, uh, agony would, would, would come before exaltation. So, you know, they, they should have known that, but yet they also knew that he was the long-awaited Messiah, and that meant the kingdom was, was coming, and he and John the Baptist had both said from the outset of their ministries that the kingdom was at hand. So right. there was this uncertainty in their minds. What, what's going to happen? We're hearing a lot of things that we don't like that make us sad and worried, but yet we also know you are the one, and, and, right. and you, we love you. We've grown close to you. Uh, we've believed in you. We, we recognize that you're uh, God in the flesh who has the authority to give life. And so all of this was swirling around in their heads. And Jesus, of course, being God, knew what was in their minds. In fact, in, in the passage I referenced a moment ago without giving the, the, the passage reference uh, was Luke 19, when uh, on the outskirts of Jerusalem before the triumphal entry, um, which, by the way, that occurred on Monday of Passion Week. We always historically celebrated on a Sunday, the Sunday before Easter, but uh, Jesus actually rode into Jerusalem on the back of a donkey on March 30th, 33 AD, which was Monday of that week. But just prior to that, the day before, they were in Bethany, and uh, Luke, under the inspiration of the Spirit, tells us in Luke 19 that the disciples, because they were near Jerusalem, thought the kingdom was going to happen immediately. And then yeah. Jesus dispels that myth, or tries to, by sharing the parable of the Minas, in which a king goes away for a long time, and then he comes back, uh, having received the kingdom, uh, just as Jesus is going to do when he comes back someday. But uh, anyway, uh, in spite of all of that, uh, the disciples didn't really connect all the dots very clearly in their minds, and they were uh, concerned. And so Jesus, knowing their uh, thoughts, uh, just as Luke tells us in Luke 19 that he did, he, he says these words in John uh, chapter 14. Uh, let me find it for you here. He says, let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. Let's just stop there for a moment. Essentially, he was speaking to 11 devout Jewish believers. This was before the church age, so they weren't Christians. We, don't, we know they didn't become be, begin uh, being called Christians until uh, Acts chapter 11 in Antioch, but um, they were certainly uh, saved. They, were, they would go to heaven if they died, but they were uh, still in a Jewish culture, and yeah. And as such, they understood and they knew God. I mean, they worshiped him, they revered him, they knew the Old Testament Hebrew scriptures. So they certainly knew God. And what Jesus was saying there was, look, don't be discouraged. Let not your heart be troubled or anxious. You believe in God. That's great. Now, believe also in me, because, you know, I am God, as he had said many right. times. In John 10, for example, he said, I and my father are one, you know, uh, yep. in Matthew 16, uh, they had uh, declared, thou art the Christ, the son of the living God. So he, they knew he was the son of God. And they, Jesus wanted to remind them and make that connection again. Look, 
in the same way that you have known and trusted Yahweh, the, the God of creation, the one true God, you need to believe and trust in me. Uh, mm. In other words, I've got this. Don't, don't worry. But right. then, um, you know, he goes on to address really the crux of the matter in their anxiety, which was they had heard that he, he might be betrayed and that he might be sacrificed, you know, and that they would, that he would die. And that meant they were, were going to be separate from him, you know, physically. And just in the same way that believers today, when we lose a loved one who knows the Lord, we are sad because, you know, we're no longer able to talk with them and walk with them and be with them and spend time with them. But yet we know, of course, we'll see them again. Um, so it's, it's, a, it's a sorrow that's unlike an unbeliever's sorrow, and, and Paul addresses this in 1 Thessalonians 4. But back to the upper room, you know, th these disciples, I think more than anything else, were worried, hey, we love this guy. We've been with him for three and a half years. He's our savior. Uh, and we're hearing whispers that, that he's about to be crucified and laid in a tomb. And uh, so Jesus then goes on to say, in my father's house are many mansions. And if it were not so, I would have told you. Again, the reason he adds that, I believe, is because he's just begun this little speech by saying, you believe in God, believe also in me. In other words, trust me, trust sure. me. And, uh, and so, again, he's saying, look, you know, I would have told you otherwise uh, if it weren't so. And then he says, um, I go to prepare a place for you. So yeah. there he's explicitly acknowledging that their fears uh, are based on a reality. They should not be afraid, as he's going to say, but they, it is true that he's going away. And so he yeah. says, I go to prepare a place for you. And, and then here's the comforting part. If I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you to myself that where I am, there you may be also. Right. And so there is going to be a separation, he says. It's all part of God's plan, whom you believe in. Um, but it's not going to be permanent. I'm going to come again. And when I do, we will be together. And so, uh, you know, I'm calling this, uh, if I had to give this a title, and by the way, I, I wrote this up Tuesday when we, when we didn't end up meeting Tuesday because we had a technical glitch. Um, uh, I, uh, and so we had to postpone it until today. I was, had already kind of put all these thoughts down and, you know, in sketch form for our podcast, I went ahead and wrote them into a devotional and listeners can see that at notbyworks.org. It's in the first to highlight uh, carousel position. And I called it comforting words in a confusing world, comforting yeah. words in a confusing world. And so, you know, he just wanted to remind them that, you know, yeah, he's, he's coming again. I, I'm, I'm going to be back with you again. Don't worry. Um, this isn't, you know, a forever goodbye. It's a, I'll see you later. And, and I, and I can't help but think those simple words must've been really a, a tremendous comfort to the disciples at such a confusing time in history. I mean, you know, the, the pivotal event of all of human history was just hours away from happening. And that is the atoning work of Christ on the cross. And so uh, you can, you could have sensed the anxiety in the air and Jesus gave them those, that little word of encouragement 
just to lift their spirits. In fact, uh, he goes on and says several other things in the uh, you know, as they continue to meet in the upper room before they head out to the garden. Uh, he says in, in chapter 16, verse 22, therefore you now have sorrow, but I will see you again, and your heart will rejoice, and your joy no one will take from you. <laughs> so Amen. remember, he's talked about how in this world you will have trouble, uh, <laughs> be of good cheer, for I've overcome the world. So this is what we call the upper room discourse, because it's the, the teaching of Jesus to his disciples in that upper room, the very night that he was betrayed. And it's recorded in John chapter 13, verse uh, chapter 13 through chapter 17. So, you know, he has a lot of encouraging words to say. And so the reason I, I really, I think, thought about this passage and the Lord put it on my heart is because, you know, we are living at yet another uh, apex of global confusion. Oh boy. I mean, never in human history has there been so much uncertainty around the world. I that mean, is so true. You've got talk of a, of a soon coming tyrannical one world government. Uh, I'm not a, by any means alone in talking about that. Even people that don't understand scripture are talking about, you know, the right. set with Klaus Schwab and so forth. Uh, right. there's, there's the threat of the imminent onset of World War Three. There's yes. the establishment of a trackable digital currency and the, the global police state that goes along with it. Um, mm -hmm. There's the ever looming threat of pandemics, you know, real or fabricated. Uh, you know, there's warnings of an existential threat to humanity from climate change fear mongers. Um, you've got concerns over famine and drought and economic yeah. calamity. Uh, you just got an overall sense that things are out of control and it, it's got people on the edge of their seats waiting for the other shoe to drop. And so yeah. I, I think at a, a confusing time in the world, we need to take a breath and remember the comforting words of our Savior who said, let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. <laughs> if you believe in God and trust his revealed word, then you can rest in the promise of the one who said, in my father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you to myself, that where I am, there you may be also. Amen. Now, we know as, you know, scripture continued to be unveiled and, and the church was established some 50 days later. Um, you know, we, we begin, you know, to see the Spirit to reveal the words of the epistles. And so now, in hindsight, looking back over the last 2,000 years of church history, we understand God's plan of the ages more fully. We understand that it includes a rapture for the church that will precede the coming day of the Lord in that seven-year tribulation. We understand that the coming of Christ all the way to the earth to establish his kingdom will not occur until after the seven-year tribulation. So there's two phases to Christ's return. And, um, and, and this passage in John 14 is really an allusion to the first phase of that return when right. Christ comes to take us to be where he is. <laughs> Um, you know, and I can't help but think that you know, he loves us so much that, you know, he's looking forward to that grand reunion in the sky as much as we are. Yeah, <laughs> and, um, yeah. at, at that moment, we will see him face to face. And, and um, you know, I just I want to close with 
close this little devotional anyway with with uh, one more phrase that I think is worth noting there in John uh, 14, and that's when Jesus said uh, in verse 4, where I go, you know, and the way, you know. <laughs> and I, I, you know, I want to just challenge our listeners that uh, if you don't know the way, uh, Jesus goes on to tell us that the only way to be with him someday in heaven is to trust in him. That's right. He said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. That's right. And, uh, you know, he said in John 6, 47, verily, verily, I say unto you, whoever believes in me has everlasting life. So if you've not placed your faith in Jesus Christ, the Son of God who died and rose again for your sins, you need to, to do that today. I mean, that's, uh, that's the only way to, to know that we will, in fact, be with the Lord someday, once again, physically, and we'll be with other loved ones who have died that know the Lord. Um, in John 3.36, we read, He who believes in the Son has everlasting life, and he who does not believe the Son shall not see life, but the yep. wrath of God abides on him. And uh, Jesus himself, earlier in that chapter in John 3, said, He who believes in me is not condemned, but he who does not believe is condemned already, because he has not believed in the name of the only begotten Son. So I just always want to remind our listeners that Jesus Christ is the only hope for salvation from the penalty of sin. And I hope that if you've not already done so, that today would be the day of salvation in your life and you'll place your faith in Christ. And then those words of Christ uh, will be comforting to you uh, like they are believers throughout the world and like they were the disciples some 2,000 years ago on that Thursday in the year 33 AD when Jesus sensed their anxiety and he, he comforted them by saying, look, we're going to be together again soon. So, you know, I hope that's encouraging to you, and, uh, and uh, I appreciate you letting me uh, just kind of share those, those thoughts. Um, I'd like to take just a few moments before we close the podcast to just update our listeners on um, the ministry here at Not By Works, uh, since especially the Christian Underground News Network audience has, may, may not have been kind of tracking with what all we have been uh, doing. But um, uh, at Plum Creek Chapel, which is our home church in uh, Sedalia, a suburb of Denver, we recently completed a, a series, uh, a 10-part video series on what is Calvinism and is it biblical? And so that's available still on our website for folks to, to watch, or you can go back in our podcast. You know, we have over 400 podcasts now on our podcast channel, and all of them are there from the very day we started podcasting uh, many, uh, well, I guess it was a couple of years ago now almost coming up right at two years. And so if you scroll down wherever you listen to your podcasts, whether that's Apple or Google or Spotify or Pandora or Amazon, you name it, wherever podcasts are found, if you search for the Not By Works Ministries podcast and then scroll down, you can go back into the archives and listen to every podcast we've ever done. So if you like to listen uh, rather than watch videos, I encourage you to, to check out the podcast of What is Calvinism and Is It Biblical? And of course, as I said, the videos are available too. So we finished that series. Uh, we are no longer for the months of September and October. We're not podcasting and, and live streaming on Wednesday nights. We're doing a special eight-part series that is in-person only on um, how to share the gospel um, and, uh, and how to share it clearly 
and it's called Good News Made Clear. And so we kicked that off last night. If you're in the Denver metro area, I encourage you to come out to Plum Creek Chapel in person on uh, Wednesday nights at six o'clock mountain time. Uh, again, no podcast, no live stream. Um, but in lieu of that, what we have been doing is uh, uploading uh, one or two each week archived radio shows uh, to our podcast channel. And I usually introduce them with a brief little introduction uh, that I recorded that day. Uh, but many of our listeners may not realize that Not By Works Ministries for several years uh, did a daily radio show on a number of broadcast radio stations uh, in the Midwest. And we no longer do new radio shows, but there are radio stations in the Midwest that still play our archived shows every day, Monday through Friday. And you can go listen to hundreds of those radio programs that are archived at our website, totally free. Um, if you're in the Midwest, of course, you can listen on uh, a station, for example, in the Minneapolis, St. Paul, Twin Cities. We're on WCTS, uh, 1030 AM, the Bible station uh, every day. I think it's at 9 or 9.30 uh, local time there. But anyway, uh, it's all, all of our shows are available at notbyworks.org. And they're just 25-minute short little uh, messages from God's Word, either on a theological topic or a passage of Scripture. And so what we've been doing uh, a couple times a week now, uh, at least once a week, is uh, going through the archives, finding a particular show that we think might be relevant or encouraging to our listeners, and uh, replaying that uh, with a new little intro at the beginning. So uh, that's what we're going to do on Wednesdays from now on, or at least in September and October. And then in November, we will be starting a new series that will be live streamed from Plum Creek Chapel that I'll be leading. We don't know what that's going to be yet exactly. We're still kind of praying about it and thinking about it. Um, but, uh, it'll, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll keep you posted on that. Uh, one of the reasons that I'm taking this break from the Wednesday night live stream is because we are finishing up Volume Two of *Spirit of the Antichrist*. And Curtis, oh, I, can't, I can't tell you how many <laughs> emails we've been getting from people and calls at our one eight hundred number asking about uh, Volume Two. And yes. uh, in fact, a lot of people uh, mistakenly thought Volume Two was already out, and that when they bought Volume One and read it, they got to the end and they said, "Oh, I want to read Volume Two, and they start looking for it, can't find it. Well, that's because it wasn't out yet. Uh, and we had originally planned to do Volume One uh, in 2022 this year, as we did. It, it came out March 21st, and then we were going to do Volume Two uh, in March of next year. You know, it takes uh, you know, a good while to to write those books, but the response. Um, by God's grace to volume one was so overwhelmingly positive and the Lord just opened one door after another. And we, we saw the book get traction that we felt like it, the urgency was there to go ahead and finish up a volume two. So we've been saying for uh, a couple months now uh, that it's coming out October, November, but we're now close enough that we can give a little bit uh, tighter window and we can say uh, with certainty that it will be out by the end of October. Uh, for sure, you'll be able to purchase it. So uh, stay tuned. Uh, we will give you more updates as we get closer. Uh, and, uh, and, and we will probably about two weeks before the release date, we will start pre-selling it at notbyworks.org. And then we've already uh, been invited to on several uh, shows to uh, promote uh, the book. We'll be back on Jan Markell. In fact, she's going to do two shows 
uh, promoting the book for us. Um, uh, and she's such a great uh, champion of, of uh, Bible prophecy and so grateful for the ministry of Olive Tree Ministries. Uh, and, you know, they were a huge reason that volume one uh, took off the way it did. And so they were really eager, uh, like all of us, to see volume two. So I wanted to take a moment. And uh, since we the book is basically done, it's going through the final editing. And then we're working on the cover uh, and those types of final steps. But I wanted to take a moment to kind of share some of the chapters that are going to be in volume two. And Good, because those, I was just going to ask you. Yeah. What? What kind of new stuff did you include in volume two that wasn't in volume one? Oh, man, Curtis, you are going to love it. You're going to just fall out of your seat. Um, so just to give the big picture for those who may be new listeners or uh, aren't familiar, uh, Spirit of the Antichrist, The Gathering Cloud of Deception, volume one, came out March 21st. And uh, the premise of the book is based on 1 John 4, 3, where we see that yes. the spirit of the Antichrist is already at work mm -hmm. among us. And uh, one Antichrist, capital mm -hmm. A, is coming, but, you know, the, but the spirit of that Antichrist is already at work among us. And so right. I went through scripture and I looked at all of the passages that talk about the future Antichrist and his reign of terror. And I made a list of uh, all the characteristics of the Antichrist. And then I kind of summarized that down into seven categories. And then these are the spirit of the Antichrist, uh, like the spirit of pretense, the spirit of power, the spirit of pride, the spirit of perversion, the spirit of phenomena, and so forth. And then I said, if the Bible tells us that the spirit of the Antichrist is already at work among us, then it follows that we will see an uptick in those types of activities the closer we get uh, to the return of Christ. You know, right. in other words, it, it's not like, you know, uh, the, the things that the Antichrist is going to do will suddenly turn on like a faucet right after the rapture. We're, we're going to be seeing the stage being set so that after the rapture, when the Antichrist takes the helm of the one world system, you know, these things will kind of already be in place and ready to, to, to go full scale. So, right. so then I began just looking through uh, geopolitical events and, and observing the world around us. And sure enough, I was not surprised to find that of the seven spirits of the Antichrist that I identified in Scripture, we are absolutely seeing a rise in prominence of, of those things. And so oh, yes. volume one was, was all about the spirit of pretense. And, and I think our uh, listeners will uh, remember, I'll call it up here, uh, you know, what some of the th topics were that we talked about in volume uh, one, but it was you know, it was things like, uh, you know, we, we talked about uh, Satan's MO and how, what he does to try to deceive the world. We kind of set the stage in the opening chapters of uh, volume one for the whole premise of, of the book series. But we introduced the Luciferian conspiracy from Psalm 2 and how Satan is conspiring with earthly uh, Satanists to try to work together to take over the world. Uh, he's been doing this for 6,000 years. Uh, we diagrammed that out. And then we got into some of the manifestations of this spirit of pretense, such as Operation Mockingbird and fake news and the false left-right paradigm. We talked about geoengineering and the Hegelian dialectic. And you and I, uh, Curtis, as you know, have talked about a lot of these topics over the last couple of years uh, or last year and a half or so uh, on your program. Because oh, even, yeah. be even before the book came out, uh, I've been talking about 
uh, these types of things in different conferences and, and messages. But uh, the biggest chapter in volume one was on vaccines and big pharma. Uh, and we talked about false flags and eugenics. Uh, we just, uh, that, that was all related to the spirit of pretense. Well, I mentioned at the end of volume one that volume two is going to address a number of uh, additional manifestations of the spirit of the Antichrist. So here we go. This is, these are some of the topics that we shall see uh, in volume two that uh, I'm so uh, just chomping at the bit to, to release it. Uh, I, I'm tempted to kind of release a, a taste of it because, you know, again, the, the main draft is done. We're just going back through and doing final editing. But uh, we talk about the great satanic reset. We talk about Klaus Schwab and the World Economic Forum. Oh, boy. We have a whole chapter on transhumanism and artificial intelligence. Um, I get into, uh, in chapter four, the Luciferian timetable uh, mm -hmm. and all of their references to the 2020s as being their target. And as I say in the book, uh, you know, just because that's their target doesn't mean it's going to happen because God is the ultimate arbiter of the timetable. But it certainly behooves us to know what they're planning and what their timetable yeah. is. And the reason this book is so urgent and why I'm so passionate about uh, you know, both volumes of Spirit of the Antichrist is they are telegraphing loud and clear that they want to usher in the one world system sometime within the next four to five years. That's what they oh, yeah. want. Yeah. Uh, and uh, so we have a chapter on secret societies like Freemasonry, the Illuminati, Skull and Bones, the Roundtable Group. We talk about several others. And then we have mm -hmm. a, a whole separate chapter on three very important Luciferian groups, the Council on Foreign Relations, the Bilderberg Group, and Bohemian Grove. Um, oh, yeah. And one of the chapters that I'm sure is going to get a reaction from some people is the chapter on fake elections. So we're going to get Ooh. into the 2020 debacle and just talk about how that's nothing new. And it's been going on, uh, you know, for many, many decades. Quite some time, yeah. We have a chapter on global surveillance and the police state. Uh, oh, boy. All of the different news items where they're talking about different uh, mechanisms and technologies to help control and surveil the entire world. Um, yeah. One of my favorite chapters in the book, uh, which is, uh, I think, going to be really powerful, is the one on UFOs, UAP, and the U.S. government. Um, oh, yeah. That's a part of the spirit of phenomena. We've broken up the second volume. It's a bigger book. It's 15 chapters instead of 12, and we broke it up into sections with each section dealing with a different spirit of the Antichrist. Some sections have multiple chapters. Some sections only have one chapter, but uh, the section on the spirit of phenomena will have a couple of chapters, and one of those is on UFOs and UAP. One of those is on paranormal activity and other mm. uh, phenomena. And then, uh, and then we've just, we have a few other chapters in there about the, the rise of persecution in America and what that looks like. Uh, we have a, a chapter on the spirit of perversion and the gender surrender movement. Uh, yeah. We have one on the coming one world religion. So uh, those are just some topics that, uh, you know, I don't want to give it all away, but those are things that are so critical for understanding uh, the Luciferian conspiracy and their agenda uh, as spelled out in scripture to usher in a one world system. So be uh, praying for us as we uh, put the finishing touches on it. We're already seeing the beginnings of spiritual warfare. Satan does not want this message exposed. Um, of course, we're not the only ones exposing it. People have, have understood and written about uh, this grand conspiracy uh, for many, many centuries. But I think what, what makes not by works 
uh, unique in our handling of the subject is, first of all, we are coming from a consistent literal grammatical hermeneutic as we understand scripture. We are, it's thoroughly biblically based. So, you know, sometimes you'll hear people talk about the deep state or, you know, the, uh, the grand conspiracy and things like that. Well, they're, they're right in connecting some dots here on earth, but what they really fall short of is recognizing the biblical picture of all of this, which is that Satan is, has been seeking to overthrow God since he tried to usurp the throne in heaven 6,000 years ago and got kicked out of heaven, and he took one-third of the angels with him. So, you know, we, we certainly uh, expose uh, the Luciferian conspiracy, but we do it through the lens of Scripture and show that, uh, you know, this is all part of uh, the biblical narrative. So uh, anyway, I hope uh, folks will pray for us. Again, we're looking at the end of October. We will, get, we will release, uh, we will announce a specific release date uh, by the end of September, and then we will, uh, we will let you know when the books uh, uh, go on sale. If you've not purchased volume one and you'd like to take a look at it, you can go to spiritoftheantichrist.org. That's spiritoftheantichrist.org. And we have the uh, entire table of contents from the first volume there. We also have the preface in full that you can read to the book, and uh, you can purchase the book right there. And we have it available, by the way, in both print format, and we also now have it in digital format for a Kindle, where you can upload it directly to your e-readers like Kindle. So uh, spread the word, um, and we will uh, really be excited to see uh, how the Lord uses volume two uh, when, it, when it hits the market. So uh, well, I'll tell you what, I can, I can hardly wait. I, I really thoroughly enjoyed volume one. And it sounds like uh, you are going to be hitting some really sensitive and uh, well, I, I'd call them hot button issues uh, in volume two. I, I can hardly wait to, to see what you've got to say about some of that, you know, the election uh, chapter. Ooh. That's been going on for quite some time. You're right, JB. And uh, I think people would be shocked if they really took a hard look at some of the cold, hard facts on those. Yeah. On elections. And, and we're going to give them, I give one uh, case study uh, going back to the 2004 election. Uh, yeah. People don't realize that there have been, you know, lawsuits and congressional hearings and people have died and been murdered for, you know, they've been rigging elections uh, for yeah. decades, decades upon decades. And so, yeah. Uh, one of the many reasons that I believe time is short, and again, we make it clear in, in both books that we're not setting dates here, we're not supposed to do that, but we are supposed to look at the signs of the times, Jesus tells us that, and so uh, it's clear that uh, things are setting the stage for the return of Christ, and um, one of the many reasons I think we are getting close is because more and more people are waking up to the reality that things are not as they appear that there is a, uh, you know, some force, even if they don't recognize that it's a satanic force, pulling the strings uh, behind the scenes, and the reality that is two-dimensional that we see all around us is not all there is to it, and that I think uh, the election of 2020, which was the most blatant of all rigged elections, uh, awakened, awakened a lot of people to the reality of that fact, um, Unfortunately, uh, for many of them, they, they still don't recognize that 
while that was you know the most blatant it was certainly by no means the first one that the 2016 election was rigged the 2012 election was rigged the 28 election was rigged the 2004 election was rigged the 2000 election was most certainly rigged and uh, and going all the way back to carter and reagan and uh even uh, before that to, to ford and uh and, and and so forth so um you know uh it, it's i think it is going to cause a little consternation from some people and, and that's fine i love that i always tell people and you've heard me say it on your program curtis i'm not trying to convince anyone i just want to drive people to the word of god encourage them to do their own research and come to their own conclusion um absolutely you know, I'm by no means infallible, but I have studied this stuff for 15 years now and um, done extensive research. As I mentioned in volume one, it was really the culmination of 15 years of, of really uh, concentrated uh, research. Um, I don't know how long the bibliography is going to be in a part uh, in volume two, because part of the final editing process is going back through and making sure that Every yes. reference that we cite in the book, every everything we talk about in the book has a corresponding bibliographic entry. Yeah. Uh, you know, sometimes as I'm writing, I, things come to mind, and I'll throw something in there. And at the mo- in the moment, I don't stop to cite the source. Uh, so, but I have a feeling it's going to be much longer than the one in Volume One, uh, just based on where it is already. Uh, volume One had 38 pages of bibliographic citations. Um, one thing I might mention is some of the academics that you know follow our ministry, and and, I, and there are quite a few. I spent 12 years in academics teaching at the college and master's levels. A lot of times I'll get some feedback from some of them, and they'll say, hey, why didn't you footnote? Well, we didn't footnote intentionally because we didn't want this to be an academic work. We want it to be something that's easily readable to the lay audience. And I talked to a guy down in Texas just yesterday by the name of Joe. That's just his first name. But I hadn't talked to this guy in years. I did know him, but literally had not talked to him in 20 years. And uh, he reached out to us on our 1-800 number out of the blue and had read our book. And I returned his call and he said, hey, uh, one of the things I love about your book is it's so, quote, easy to read. He said, I read the whole thing in three days. I couldn't put it down. And, uh, you know, uh, that was our goal. And I'm not saying that everybody will say that. Some people might not even like the book. That That's fine. Uh, but if we had footnoted, it would interrupt the flow. And I think it make, turns it into more of an academic book. But although we didn't footnote, we absolutely cite every source at the back in the bibliography. And so and when you're reading along and I say some reference, as Joe Blow mentioned in their article for the New York Times in January of 1972, and then I give the quote, well, you can easily go to the bibliography, look up that name, it's in alphabetical order, and you can find that source. Uh, or you can just read the bibliography straight through and, and you have right there at your fingertips a wealth of resources that you can use to begin to do your own study. Uh, so uh, anyway, uh, yeah, that's just a little bit about the book. I don't mean to ramble on and on about it, but it's, uh, it's something that I'm you know, just thrilled about. I sense an urgency uh, of, of the matter. You know, I've, I've joked sometimes and it, it's probably not a very good joke, but I've said, boy, I hope the rapture doesn't happen before I forget, before I finish this book, you know, uh, but of course that would be quite okay if it did. And we would be happy to meet the Lord in the air today Oh, amen. because then the book won't be necessary. Right. Uh, well, that's uh, right. But if that's the Lord right. tarries is coming, boy, we want to get that message out. So pray for us some more yeah, to absolutely. come in the weeks to come, but look for it sometime in late October.
Well, JB, that's, uh, I tell you what, I can hardly wait to, to read it, man. It's going to be good stuff. I know it. Um, going to be some great information in there. Things that people would not really uh, be aware of on a day-to-day -day basis, but really need to know. And uh, so uh, I'm really thankful that you decided to, to detail a lot of these things. I know it took a lot of hard work and research. And, uh, you know, it, it's uh, not an easy thing to do to, to put a book like this together. So uh, I'm highly appreciative of the fact that you, you've decided to do it. So uh, thank you, brother. Amen. Well, thanks for having us on again. And uh, we'll look forward uh, going forward. Our standard time with you is going to be the first Tuesday of every month. So in October, yes, we'll be back together again. But of course, you and I will dialogue offline a lot as we oh, yeah. just talk about everything that's going on in this world. And uh uh, I mean, the truth of the matter, it, what our listeners probably don't really understand is that you're really the ghostwriter for the whole book. I mean, you really wrote the book, you know? <laughs> just just from our interactions, you know, you feed me sources. Uh, but no, all kidding aside, we do get, uh, you know, emails all the time from people and texts and, you know, signal yeah. uh, signal uh, messages. And I save all of those into categories if they're, you know, worth saving. And yeah. uh, I'm thankful that people, when they come across something, will send it to me. A lot of times I've already seen it, but a lot of times I haven't. And so yeah. uh, it's, it's, that's, that's part of doing research. So thanks yep, again. It certainly this. is. And, and it does help more than, than people realize. So, you know, I never complain about receiving things like that. I get them all the time too. And uh, you know, I'm diligent about checking each and every one of them out. You know, some mm -hmm. of them, yeah, you can, you can toss them in the file 13 drawer, <laughs> of course, but, but uh, I find that many of them have some substance and, uh, and yeah, good information. So, yeah, don't stop sending them to me. And, and JB, we, we, we eat that stuff for breakfast, man. Amen. Amen. <laughs> well, JB, it's great seeing you again. And uh, look forward to, to doing this once a month with you. And uh, we will be praying about the release of the book and, and yeah, some upcoming events that, that you detailed at Plum Creek Chapel, and uh, we, we, we pray regularly for your ministry and for you, and uh, we will continue to do so, and, and uh, I'm sure that our listeners are uh, very thankful that we're back on the air with you. Uh, I know that, that they've missed you. Uh, some have reached out to me personally and told me that, so uh, we're glad, really glad to be doing this again, so we, we look forward to next month with you. Amen. Can't wait. All right, brother. Listen, you take care and we will uh, we will see you again soon. Uh, this is the Christian Underground News Network signing off until next month with JB. Uh, what was that date again? It was, I think you said it was going to be the fourth. Yeah, the first uh, Tuesday in October will be October the fourth. October the fourth. We will be on the air with JB again. So do not miss it. Until then, we've got uh, next with Pastor Dick and Lucas Doremus. Uh, those episodes are coming up next month also. So yep. do not miss them. We've, we've got some good stuff prepared for you. So we're looking forward to it. And we're glad to be back in the saddle. Thank you for listening. And may God bless you greatly. This is the Christian Underground News Network signing off for now. We'll see you soon.